podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm good. I, uh, I feel like yesterday's, uh, well, here in California, I assume the majority of any listeners are here in California, maybe in yeah. the East Bay area, maybe some of you are elsewhere, but the, the weather yesterday, the constant downpour of rain during the game, before, after the game, kind of sums up, sums up how I feel yesterday. And the the football hangover lasts to today. Um, we've yeah. What I love about getting to record a few days later is we get a little more news. And um, Kyle's already said, even if Trey is healthy, he's going to stick with Jimmy. So you, you can understand why we're going to talk about that as we get into this. Yep. Yeah, we're recording a little later than usual, like Daniel said. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to, we're going to dive into that game, but it's tough. It's tough watching a game and realizing like halfway through the game, like, Oh, okay. Like we're not contending this season. Like <laughs> I know. And we'll, we'll dive into all that later. Sorry to jump into it a little early, but it is weird watching the game and just being like, Oh, like I thought maybe we were going to be a playoff team. Like, no, like that's probably done. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just tough. Like mid game realizing like, Oh, we're losing to the Colts. Like, yeah. If, if this isn't any, if this doesn't give you any idea of how yesterday went and how we're feeling from the start of, from the first two minutes of the game to now, we were, I was sitting downstairs at my house with my parents watching the Niner game. Elijah Mitchell is tearing it up. And I go, I don't want to say anything because I feel like I say something and we don't always come out with a win after I say something. So I'm not going to say anything. I was so unbelievably confident in our game and how we came out. Just, devastated at the end of the game and way before the end of the game. It wasn't like, Oh, I had hope until the last minute, but I mean, if you watch the game, you know why. So yeah. here is some, some news. Uh, Jimmy G is in Trey Lance is out to start the game uh, yesterday. And we've already seen that that is the case next week against the bears. Yeah. It's not necessarily Trey Lance out, but I'm pretty positive. Kyle made it clear saying Jimmy is going to be our starter next Sunday. Yeah, I didn't know like if that was more like because Trey's injury is still like bothering him or because like for some reason we think Jimmy's the better choice, even though we'll dive into that. But I think it's become pretty clear he's not like I think I so I, I hope it's the injury because otherwise it's a it's an interesting coaching decision. But this is a guy who kept C.J. Beathard on the roster, what, two seasons longer than he should have. So I don't know. Anything is possible. And yeah, we'll we'll continue to chat about it. But I think there's more interesting coaching decisions in that so yeah. uh george kittle oh man i totally forgot that yesterday was national tight end day and i really don't man, think you shouldn't be able to celebrate a holiday that george kittle invented when george kittle's not playing should have postponed it easy yeah. um i will say when i was watching the broadcast and they showed whatever clips of other tight ends and used the the voice uh george kittle's voice for whatever it's like they had it on a button ready to press or whatever. And um, that was awesome. It was like he was there in spirit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is an absolute bummer to not see George Kittle out there on tight end, national tight end day. Um, his good friend, Robert Tanyan, did get a touchdown for the Packers. So that might have been a little bit for George Kittle in his absence. But I believe next week against the Bears is his last game required to be on IR but I have not heard a lot of updates on his injury. If he is ready to go afterwards, um, I yeah. am assuming and praying that he is uh, Robbie gold, same situation. This is, as we'll get into the inactives is that uh, Trent Williams has been battling some injury and he was doubtful for the game, but he ended up being out. So he was one of the inactives. And if you remember last week, listeners, I talked about linebacker Marcel Harris, who broke his thumb and had surgery on it. And he played yesterday. Good for he him. played a pretty significant amount. So 
he had surgery on a broken thumb and was back the next week. So now that's a linebacker in the NFL, if I do say so myself. Yeah, good for him. Props to Harris. Real quick, inactives for yesterday's game. We had seven, and some of them were big names sitting out. Obviously, Trey Lance was out and is – I don't know what the true designation for him is this next coming Sunday. I'm going to go with questionable. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see coming Sunday if he's like – if Nate Sudfeld is brought back to the practice squad, if Trey's there as the number two, it'll be – it's interesting, the injury status there. It's currently pretty unclear. Same thing with Trent Williams and Javon Kinlaw. Um, I haven't heard too much. I feel like this is, they're all very minor injuries and they're all day-to-day, week-to-week kind of things. Yeah. Um, I feel like everything in football is week-to-week. There's not a whole lot of day-to-day. And so Trent Williams and Javon Kinlaw were both out. Those are two pretty big names. Um, Williams more than Kinlaw, at least this season, in terms of their production. Yeah. Maurice Hurst was out. Travis Benjamin, I believe, was elevated from the practice squads sometime and was also inactive. Yeah. And then Ambry Thomas, I think, has continually been a coach's decision that he's been out. Yeah. And I actually don't know for a fact that Diamondo Lenore was had an injury, but I find it hard to believe that he was a coach's decision. So I'm going to assume that he was battling an injury. Yeah, I'm guessing injury, but there has been like, I feel like our team has shown a desire to play more veteran, more seasoned players in the secondary. Um, it's not going well, but that has, <laughs> thank seemed, you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That does seem to be uh, what they wanted to do. So. Yeah. Cause because Drake Kirkpatrick certainly is is good enough to be back there for us. Yeah, and I heard a story. Uh, I texted you about this, Daniel. That Richard Sherman this week, the Buccaneers uh, yeah. defensive backs coach, was out. I think maybe with COVID or something. And so Richard Sherman stepped in and put on the headset and coached the defensive secondary. And I couldn't help but think, wow, Richard Sherman is doing that. And do you know what the uh, 49ers defensive backs are doing, Daniel? Apparently, yeah. committing pass interference penalties. <laughs> Every other play. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Trey was out. So, there's no Trey watch. Yeah. The Trey watch could be, hey, does he get in next week? And I feel like he better. That's a rhetorical question because, I mean, it, to me, it sounds like Jimmy's starting easily. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Trey's healthy if he went in there for a couple of plays. But I think we'll see him for no more than. I feel like we'll see him for no more than three plays. I wanted to say five, but I got to be honest. I'm okay going a little aggressive with the bet and saying that it's no more than three plays. Yeah, that sounds right. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, it comes down to his health. I don't think we know, we know anything about his health right now. I have not. That's significant. I've watched all the press conferences and I haven't heard injuries. I do think I saw that Kyle Shanahan referred to it as a big injury today, but Hmm. yeah. Okay, so we'll have to wait and see. So before we jump into the game breakdown like we do every week, I just want to get a feel for how we feel. Yeah. How are we feeling, my friend? Not great. Um, Not great. Yeah, I think bummed, frustrated, I think for sure. Um, I think there's been a bevy of questionable coaching decisions. And I think questionable roster decisions and quite frankly, just bad play from a lot of our players that I don't even know if that falls on the coaching, but there's just, it's not good. We should not be losing to the Colts. No, and it shouldn't matter who's quarterback. It shouldn't matter who's in the secondary. We should not have lost to the Colts. Exactly. And I love that comment. That leads me to, let me ask that question more specifically. The background is I've seen in the last, you know, we, we have lost four straight games. We come out and we beat the Lions much more, much closer than it absolutely should have been. I will say, though, the Lions are 0-7. They are the only winless team in the NFL. But in the weekly power rankings, they're at like 27 or something. There's at least four teams before them, and I agree with it because every time they're making the other team really, really work for the win, like even against the yesterday they were really making the Rams work hard for it. And I think the Rams only won with a field goal, maybe more, but they really, really made the Rams work for it. And so every loss has been a tough loss for them. Yeah. And, and we beat the Eagles again, too close. I I wanted to destroy them. Thought we should have, we didn't as much as I wanted to. Um, 
still can't believe we lost to uh, the Seahawks with as well as – no, that was the one we played horrible. Who did we play? Uh, no, we our defense shut week. out the Seahawks. The Cardinal, We shut down the Cardinals really well on defense. We did shut out the Cardinals. Who did we play last week? What is happening in my brain? Yeah. Uh, la- well, last week was the bye week. Sorry, two weeks ago. That's why Cardinals. I, that I can't Cardinals. think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With because that was that was a tough loss just because we played so well. That's why I couldn't think of who we played last week. We didn't. Um, but he, okay, full circle. I feel like every Niners fan is upset. We're on four straight losses. We are two and four, not at all where we expected to be, and we're angry. We want to point the finger, but if we're going to point the finger, I just want to get it right. Yeah. Now I understand everyone has a different opinion on certain things, but. I just want for you and I, I want us to voice our opinions and what we think is going wrong because I want to take a deeper look at it than, Oh, Jimmy sucks. Uh, we can't yeah. pass the ball like interceptions. Okay. Let's remember yesterday. It was dumping rain all game long. One of it, one of his interceptions was the ball just slipped out of his hand as he threw it. I get it. Still his fault. Unfortunate, but also we can blame that one on the weather. Some of these fumbles on blamed on the weather. Yeah. Carson Wentz had two. Jonathan Taylor had two. Jimmy had two and Debo had one. So a total of yeah. seven fumbles in the game. So what I want to ask is, Timmy, where do you think the problems are? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the secondary is a problem. I think that's, that's a problem and it needs to be, be focused. But I, I think, I think that's a problem that could be overcome. I think we've had some injuries. I think Raheem Mostert is a loss, but I think that is something that can be overcome. I think there's, there's obvious tension and issues with, who is going to be playing quarterback. That is definitely some issues, but I mean, I think all of it falls under the feet of the coaching right now. I think, I I think that is where, where the finger should be pointed. I think you can point a finger at Jimmy and I think he has, I think his play has earned it, but I think the finger needs to be pointed to the guy who continues to say that Jimmy gives him a better chance to win while we've been consistently losing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with what you said, honestly, and especially the way you said it, like, I think absolutely the secondary is the, is the biggest problem um, in terms of players. I think that yesterday was disgusting in uh, the kind of coverage that we got. Um, a lot of PI pass interference. We don't have a good talk- corner right now. No. Um, we've talked a lot about how these, these pass interference calls sometimes, like we said, you know, Norman's a few weeks ago in the, in the end zone. That's fine. Like, you know, if you're, if you think he's going to get it, pass interference, make him work for it again. Like, I get it. There are smart penalties. Don't think any of them were yesterday. Yeah. Um, the Colts had something like over 90 yards in pass interference, penalty, defensive pass interference penalties. Like Chris Michael Collins said, like, oh, he's got like 120 yards passing and 96 yards on PI calls. That's just, Ugh. you can't do that. We're just we're saying things from yesterday, and I'm just just disgusted with like the memory of of some of them. So yeah. we should Michael not Pittman be losing got to, pass interference. to the guy who can throw the interception that was eventually turned into a fumble that Carson went through last night. Like if a quarterback does that, where you just shovel passes it directly into the arms of a rushing linebacker, like that should just mean like, oh well, that guy's losing tonight, and that guy won. Yeah. Uh, my dad made a comment. He's like, did Carson or did Aziz all share like pay Carson once to just do that in the game? Cause it looked like he was just looking right at him. and like, take this. Um, yeah. That is, that game, really is you what know, it looks like. We'll blame it on the weather. Although I think the weather had nothing to do on that play, but we'll uh, give Carson some grace and blame it on the weather on that one. But yeah. no, I'm with you. I think that, I think that the majority of the guys on the Niners are not doing their job. And I think at least, the guys in the secondary um, pass interference calls were so bad. I know it was at the end of the game, but their, their last minute touchdown with Dre Kirkpatrick on, was it Pittman? I believe yeah. it was. I just like, what are you doing? I don't even know how you are on an NFL roster when that is the kind of coverage. Like he jumped with him. He didn't even go for the ball. He didn't do nothing. He barely pushed him. I just, I don't, I understand. Some plays happen like that. I know he's been sitting all game. He only played the last few snaps, but I think that is a cuttable play. I think yeah. that he deserves to be cut after that kind of play, after the game we've had, puts in garbage time. And I just, I can't, I don't even have a word for how bad that was. Um, yeah. 
And I just, I, that's so bothersome. So a lot of other guys really didn't do their job. Um, I think there was a few, like Emmanuel Mosley had a, an awesome play, but that, yeah, Mo- you know, Mosley's the one guy who like, if we had out there, like doesn't upset me to have out there. Do you, this is so random, but it'll make sense in a second. Do you know who the longest tenured 49er is? Jimmy you know Ward. Yeah. Did you hear that yeah. yesterday? I, I knew that. that no, I didn't hear that yesterday. I just knew that. I did not. Like, well, it would have been Staley until two years ago. I guess that's also what, what messed me up is I'm like, we haven't had any linemen that long, but Staley was it. So here that Jimmy Ward was the longest niner. And even he didn't play in like the Harbaugh era, did he? He came in under like Chip Kelly or something. Oh my gosh, I always forget that Chip Kelly was a coach. Yeah, always I try to. That Chip Kelly was a coach. Yeah, pretty easy to. Not a big, uh, I'm a UCLA fan as well. We don't, I'm not a big Chip Kelly guy currently. Absolutely. As far as I so, can tell, he had one good idea and he hasn't had any good ones since. I feel like, I mean, Debo Samuel is absolutely doing his job. Debo is doing well more than anyone expected him to do this year. Yeah. I think, I think that's a problem. Debo's performance is not a problem, but I want to, I want to explain that in a minute. I feel like Bosa is doing everything he can. I think he is, he's getting, you know, he is the, the focal point of our defense. I'm sure all the offense is like, Hey, just block him, do whatever else you can with everyone else, but just make sure he doesn't do anything. He had a lot of pressures yesterday. Um, I want to say he had at least one sack and then had a lot of close opportunities. Fred Warner, I feel like he's been pretty lights out. He's doing his job. Um, I think a lot, he's pretty unnoticeable unless you are really watching at certain times. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, Fred Warner made the tackle. Great. And it's easy to forget how many he's made or in how many of those moments. Totally. For the most part, I'm pretty impressed with Aziz Alshare, especially stepping up in Dre Greenlaw's absence. And I'm going to go with 50% of Elijah Mitchell I'm pretty impressed with. And I don't think that 50% that I'm not impressed with is truly his fault. And if I'm being fully honest, that is those are the only Niners that I am like even happy with in, in any regards. And I really the the main thing that made me ask this question is I, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo gets 95% of the blame when I don't even think he deserves 50. We do not we do not ex, at least we should not be expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to be some incredible quarterback, right? He has not shown us that he is. Maybe in these brief moments, we like to, to, to think that. But I really feel like Jimmy Garoppolo showed us that he is an incredible quarterback. So we need to stop expecting that. But I yeah. feel like he also does things to keep us in the game. And maybe that's more of just giving the ball to Debo Samuel. That's his doing. Yeah, I don't. I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, to dive into the Jimmy Trey thing. We got to do it at some point, right? I when you look at, we have like a third and 20 and we throw a screen pass to Jermichael Hasey for like less than a yard with Jimmy. And then you think about the fact that Trey converted multiple, like third and 20 plus on these deep bombs and scrambles. The 49ers threw the ball deep. I can't even imagine. I mean, it's probably 10 times as much with Trey Lance in that one game than they did with Jimmy. They don't, they don't trust Jimmy to move the ball deep. And so stuff like that, like, I don't know if it's on Jimmy. I don't know if it's on the play calling, but at the very least we were taking those shots more with Trey Lance. See, so that that's something I think is important. That's where it's so tough because like we're, we're using that instance where we're third and 20 screen pass to hasty. Is that Jimmy's fault? No, that's a horrible play call. A screen pass on third and 20. Unless yeah. you're just tr- trying to get further away to punt or field goal. I don't know what the, but, but the is it Jimmy's, is. Is it a lack of trust in Jimmy that's leading to not doing something besides the screen pass? It starts there. It starts with Jimmy's inability to throw the deep ball, so we can't trust it. But it ends with Kyle making a crappy play call and going, hey, we're going to go third and two with a screen pass. Sure, sometimes our screen passes do get 20 yards. Maybe not 20, but like you can't bank on that. That is a horrible play call. So it starts with Jimmy because we can't do, like, you're right. We don't do the deep ball with him. We can only do it with Trey. He literally cannot throw a deep ball every time he does. It's, it, I mean, he literally cannot throw a great deep ball. He can't even throw a good deep ball. Like sometimes it works. I bet you 
he's impressed when he gets a deep ball. Yeah, I guess but, so do you blame Jimmy for being who he always has been? Or do you blame the guy for putting him out there? I don't know. Well, I mean, yesterday, no option. He's got – I mean, you're not putting Nate Sedfoot out there. Come on. Sure, sure. Um, so you have to put Jimmy out there. So in my mind, yesterday it's not even like his fault. It's hard. I mean, like, yeah, he doesn't have that ability to hit the deep ball. But you're like, okay, Kyle, you know that going into this game. He's your only guy. Like, you're not going to bring in Nate. You have Jimmy. What? How are you going to use him? And I, that's the thing is Kyle's – in my mind, what I see Kyle's uh, play scheme as – Jimmy's great. Kyle is not a, at least a lot of the time, the run, the run scheme, the way that he does it, the short passes, the yards after catch with all these guys, Jimmy can get that done. Well, I just feel like we're not doing that. And if we do, it's always to Debo. And right now with Kittle out, I get it. I don't know what they're trying to do with IU get him going. Um, yeah. I know they were talking yesterday. Kyle was quoted saying like, yeah, he's, he's got a good day or two of practice every week. I need him to have a good day every day. Yeah, what is it. going on at these practices? Like, what is Brandon Ayuk doing? He's, like, very good at football. Like, he's it's, very good. Does Kyle just not like him? Did he, like, eat a guys, sandwich one day? Like, what happened? Did he eat a sandwich? <laughs> Kyle, uh, uh, Chris Collinsworth or Al Michaels, I just remember hearing it yesterday during the game that they were saying, you know, we saw Ayuk be electric last year. He was amazing for a rookie. That was while Debo was out. So they were like, they were saying, okay, did he get Debo touches? And I'm like, great. If he got Debo touches, he showed he can do what Debo can do. So with how amazing Debo is right now, wouldn't it be great to have, I don't know, yeah, two Debo? That's a dumb argument. I mean, yeah, that's a dumb argument. I mean, granted, I, I think Ayuk, I think Ayuk has been sloppy, like has been running sloppy routes. Like I, I sent, I think I mentioned this last week. I read an article by Nate Tice examining some Trey Lance tape and like a couple passes of Ayuk. There were maybe three or four where he was like, Ayuk didn't run a great route there. I don't know enough about football to really speak to that, but that's someone who does saying that Ayuk was not running great routes. And we do know that something Shanahan really cares about is tight route running. But then we look at someone like Kendrick Bourne, who's producing well with the Patriots. It's like we couldn't have held on to somebody like that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think getting Kittle back out there is going to be big, no matter who's at quarterback. But the Ayuk thing is is tough. And the way Lynch and Shanahan are handling it with the media, I, just, I don't think it's good. I think it's a little arrogant. I think it's kind of a borderline obnoxious. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're handling it well at all. And I think... I mean, I think people are starting to look at something we talked about a while ago, which is maybe the record of draft picks and personnel decisions by the Shanahan Lynch regime. And so I, I don't know. I just I don't think it's a time to be maybe bashing one of your top picks in the media, which is kind of what they both have been doing. Yeah. yeah. OK, my last two thoughts before we get another real game breakdown. Not that this isn't it, but just wanted to set, excuse me, set the scene before we get in. Um I really don't think the defense – I don't think we can be mad at Bosa. I think he's doing everything he can. Yeah, He's just getting zero help. I feel like Eric Armstead is the Brandon Ayuk of the defense. He's in there. Ayuk's not in there as much. I just feel like Armstead is not doing enough. Playing Buckner yesterday made me really, really miss Buckner. Yeah. Um, Kinlaw's not doing it, and he's injured. And so – We got to talk about I the just, Buckner thing. I just – I don't get it. I don't know why it happened. Um I don't like it. I don't agree with it. You know, Buckner's, Buck, I was going to say butt hurt, but it's not butt hurt. I mean, he's hurt. Like it's, he, and he has every reason to be, you know, there's Seems a lot like of talk Armstead's about mad about it too. Yeah. I bet he is too. I mean, they were best friends and yeah. the 49ers traded to Forrest Buckner, Buckner to the didn't. Colts two years ago. The broadcast was just filled with comments from Buckner saying how he was shocked that they traded him. He thought he was going to be a Niner for life. Like all the else his, is getting their extension. Yeah, like how come they could extend everyone else and not me? Like, I think, and then to bring in Kinlaw, and that's really all we got from that trade. And, and granted, we saved some cap space by moving Buckner. Another guy with injuries that we knew about beforehand and still picked him anyways. Yeah. Gosh, the ignoring, not even to dive into the, to just maybe downright bad draft picks. For example, somebody like Ambry Thomas, this third round pick who has not even been active for the 49ers all season at a position where we desperately need talent 
cornerback. Um, but just like multiple instances of 49ers ignoring injury red flag and um, off the field personnel, like being a terrible, like Ruben Foster, who eventually left the team because of domestic violence issues, had a history of domestic violence issues. And the 49ers ignored that, picked him in the first round, wound up leaving the team because of that. Like, And now we're ignoring issues with Javon Kinlaw's knee injury that's still bothering him with this arthritic knee. And he's a guy that we brought in to replace our best defensive player, who was probably better than Bosa two years ago, like a, a legitimate defensive player of the year contender and the thought was oh we're bringing in this first round pick it's going to be a one for one but we're not gonna have to pay him money kinlaw is fine he has not been a one for one for deforest buckner even when he's been out there and he's barely been available this season that i mean this front office is not been available like is it kyle shanahan because he has more say on the roster than than lynch is it lynch being an experience do we need a new gm maybe who has been a gm before I don't know. I like Lynch. I like Shanahan, but there's a lot of mistakes and I don't know whose fault they are, but I think, I, I think the finger, we talked about where to point the finger. It needs to be pointed at the coaching and at, and I know we have a little more to say about that and at the front office and at the personnel decisions. I really think like, I don't know. I don't blame Dre Kirkpatrick for being bad. I blame the person who put him out there and allowed him to be bad on my team. Can we blame both? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's bad. Like, what's he's the bounced around? I just don't get the signing. Yeah. So I mean, he his like I will say we lost the game by the time he went in. That didn't matter. It was just like salt in the wound. You look like trash. Don't know why you're out there. Don't know why you're on this team. Oh wait, our secondary is so depleted, and you're all we could have. But then there's oh, there was Richard Sherman, and there. I mean, I also think you know there was Stefan Gilmore. What was that? A sixth round given for him? Like we can't give that. Yeah. Like I mean, sure he's injured now, and I understand he he still isn't playing. I don't believe, but like, I don't care. Like that. I mean, for anything, like can we make it to when he's healthy? But as I said, it's not Bosa's fault. I think Fred Warner and I will say the rest of the linebacker room, like Aziz Alshair and even Marcel great. Harris. They're I think they're doing what is expected of them. That yeah. might not be killer. They might still make mistakes. But keep in mind, when Dre is healthy, Aziz is the number three linebacker. Harris is number four at best. Um, I think everything is wrong with the secondary. I think they're absolutely the players to blame. Um, their, their penalties are horrendous. Um, and I, I think understand. the D line, too. Every, just minus this, Bosa. Every D lineman besides Bosa is, not, is underproducing based on what they were supposed to be. I mean, this was supposed to be like, you know the best D line in football. Like we just were going to have player after player to plug in and just have this rotation and no one was going to know what to do with us. And we just, we've done nothing. We're supposed to have a defense that wins championships and we have a defense that loses to Carson. Yeah. I want to be upset with Elijah Mitchell too, in terms of his play, but I don't think it's him. Why did Elijah Mitchell stop running out wide? I, you know, I feel like we come out so strong and then it feels like the play called changes. Like we, we just can't keep the same pace and I don't get why we can't play all four quarters. We just do you think cannot Kyle Shanahan, play an entire football game. Do you think he just gets bored? Like when I play Madden and I run the ball, it'll be like working for me and I'll like run like for like five yards of play. I'll get down into the red zone and I'll be like about to score and I'll be like, no, I should throw a pass. That's more fun. And then I throw an interception Do you think like Kyle Shanahan is like, oh, wow, these outside runs are like working really well. Well, that's getting boring. Let's try something else. Like, What's going you know, on? Ob- obviously, I don't fully know. Like, I don't actually know what's going on. What seemed what my best guess is, I guess, is that he changes the play call before they figure it out to try to stay like one step ahead of them. But I mean, I'm all for. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, if I'm Elijah very Mitchell, willing to accept that, like Kyle Shanahan thinks he's like one step ahead of somebody, and he's just wrong. Yeah, that but he's seems shown like us in the past did. that he is. But I don't get. I mean, like if you know what you're gonna change to, just wait until you need to. Like, make if I man, I just I always want to make these claims, and I'm like, I get it. I'm just some dude who has a podcast about the Four Niners. I don't no. know how to coach a team, but I'm saying. If I was to be an NFL coach, I feel like I would continue doing the exact same thing until I saw that it didn't work or I wanted to change it up 
and then go back to what was working yeah. if I'm like, okay, why did I change? So every I think Elijah it's... Mitchell run to start the game, I want to say all three or four of them until he got a touchdown, was at least 10 yards. It was electric. That is how you start a game. It was amazing. And then I don't think we had many plays where he ran outside for the rest of the game. Like he had 18 carries, and then I'm like, okay, why is this not working? I do think the Colts defense did toughen up and DeForest Buckner and the rest of the line and Darius Leonard did have like definitely covered better, had more stops, but he still had some great runs. And I, I just felt like the, the style changed, the scheme changed and it yeah. didn't need to. Well, I wonder, I, I think it might be time to start talking about and distinguishing between Kyle Shanahan, the play design, the offensive play designer, which is probably the best, I think the best in the NFL. I really do. And Kyle Shanahan, the offensive play caller. And I like, I'm starting to wonder how good Kyle Shanahan, the offensive play caller is. I think Kyle Shanahan, the offensive play designer is incredible. There was an outside run play action bootleg with Jimmy. That was so good. The cameraman fell for it. That was one of the, like maybe the first or second play. That was a flawless play. But then you think like outside of those first 15 plays, we know Shanahan likes to script the first 15 plays. Everything kind of fell apart. Maybe it's in-game decision-making, but there's, there's something. And I think there's things you can point to in prior seasons to this as well, but there, there, there's a questionable decisions made by Kyle Shanahan in the moment, even in, you know, the Falcons Super Bowl when he was their offensive coordinator passing instead of running stuff like that. Like, like I, he's, he's, probably the best offensive mind in football right now but i i wonder if that is more on the play play and scheme design side of things as opposed to necessarily the in-game situational calling is it time to say that probably not but i wonder if it's time to start talking about it maybe time to start talking about it but i will say as well that was a good uh, fake the cam- it got the cameraman as well but so the Colts good. had two fakes as well that got the cameraman which also got me because I followed the camera and said wait the ball's over there gotta watch I'm the confused. all 22 totally um but like like Chris Collinsworth said at the end of the game he's talking about how badly we need George Kittle back which is true we also need to p- pass the ball to someone else not even pass I mean no one I'll talk about this in a second but no one else besides Debo Samuel or Elijah Mitchell, no one else touched the ball more than three times. Yeah. Hasty, Jamichael Hasty had three receptions and three rushing attempts. Everyone else touched the ball once or twice or none. So Chris Collinsworth said how badly we need George Kittle, said how badly we miss Raheem Mostert and his speed and ability to get outside. And I said this to you before we started, like, is that not what Elijah Mitchell did to start the game? He got outside every time. Why? Because he's fast, not because he was able to hit guys and get outside, not because yeah, shoot guys and eventually end up outside. He's fast. He's literally the same style runner as Raheem Mostert. He did the same play that Raheem Mostert does. He got outside he and worked. And got touchdowns, and it worked. And then did we see it again? No. Yeah, and that that's the play calling question. I wonder if you're right. I wonder if Kyle Shanahan's like. Well, they're going to figure it out, so I need to mix it up. And I'm kind of with you. I'm like, well, let's let's see if they figured it out first. Like, it's it's working. It worked pretty well. They didn't seem to have it figured well, out. The yeah, other that's an play calling thing. Yeah, the other play calling thing that needs to change is I, I was taking notes and I wrote this down. There's six minutes, forty five seconds left in the third quarter. We're zero and seven on third down conversions, converting those third downs into first downs. We're zero and seven. Half over halfway through the third quarter, we don't have a single first down conversion on off of third down. Like that's unreal. I don't think that is the Niners' inability to. Pardon me. Does think that's their inability to convert? Because I'll talk at the end of the end of the podcast, preparing for next week against the Bears. That that absolutely is what they need to grow on. Or I talked about it last week that they they're at thirty five percent first downs in last or uh, two thousand nineteen their Super Bowl year. They were at forty five percent. Yeah. Like that 10% doesn't seem that crazy to me, but it, that's a huge difference. And I think that is a struggle for the Niners as players is to convert. But as we're talking about play call, I think that play call on third down needs to change. Yeah. Like maybe not a screen pass on third down. Yeah. And, it, and if we're going to, we're going to talk about Shanahan and decision-making, we have to talk about Jim starting Jimmy over Trey. 
if that if that is the decision, it ha- I mean, I think I think we're at a point where I think Trey offers more upside. We've talked about that. Oh, so we're at a point where he's offered. We know he's offered more upside this whole time. That's never been a question. Yeah, but I like. I think he offers more upside right now. I'm saying, like in game, Mm. I think Trey offers more upside. But I think the big flaw against Trey is everyone's like, well, he's probably going to be great, but he hasn't played a football game in like a year, really. Like he needs more time. It's like okay, like this Niners season is probably over. Like, so why aren't we giving the guy more reps when the biggest thing everyone universally agrees that he needs? is reps. And if this 49er season is not going to be over, I don't think Jimmy is the spark that is going to, to bring us back into being a contending team. So either way you go with Trey and yes, that rhymed. And I'm kind of proud of that, but it wasn't on purpose. I was just going to ask. I like that. I was just going to ask, okay, it sounds like Jimmy has been announced in my mind. Jimmy is a starter for next week. Part of that might be because of Trey coming back from injury. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I get it to start the rookie with little experience. We don't even know if he'll be healthy. I get it. I think Jimmy is the correct start, even if Trey is healthy, unless he's like help, fully healthy tomorrow and has a full week of practice. I do think Jimmy is the, the correct option to start. I don't like it. And so I was going to ask, okay, let's say we go play the Bears and it's a close win or at this rate could be a loss and there's no way we blow them out. We sure should. But with how the season is going, barely beating the Lions and the Eagles, I don't think we're going to beat the Bears by much if we do. Um, This whole preseason predicting each game is is looking pretty rough for you and I. Um, But week nine, I was going to say, okay, let's let's say week eight, Jimmy goes out there, doesn't look that great, Trey's healthy for week nine. Who's the starter? Well, we're playing the Arizona Cardinals week nine. And if, and if if Jimmy goes out against the Bears next week, stinks, and we start Trey week nine, this is unreal. The two starts of the nine weeks are against the hottest team in football. What are you doing to Trey? Like, that is unfair. I think that if and we, that we've happens. we've talked about how Trey was put in a crappy position two weeks ago and did enough that the 49ers could have won off of the performance he gave. Like, let the kid play. And if they go do it again, I just – I feel like that would be awful. Rams in week 10, and so it's same thing. Like, they're just going to – I feel like they're throwing him out there to the Wolves in those but games. I'm, but I also think he's like, yep, give it to me. I'm up for it. He seems to want it as long as we don't run him 16 times a game again. I mean, I think – I mean, do you think Shanahan thinks he can get people to trade for Jimmy? Like, no one's trading for Jimmy off of the performance last night. Like, I don't know. What starter right now in the NFL is Jimmy better than? Maybe he's a little better than Baker Mayfield. Maybe. Davis Mills. Yeah, Davis Mills. That's the one team, the Texans, I guess. Like, uh, that's Sam uh, Darnold. Jared, Jared Goff has been doing well. Yeah, the I'm not Lions. A fan of Daniel Jones. Panthers. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones can run though. Like ah, he's got whatever. more upside than Jimmy. The fact that it's this hard for us to name more than like one or two if he wins, it just shows you. Yeah, like the Panthers seem like the best bet. They are they like to make moves, but I just think they want to make a move for Deshaun Watson, so we'll see. But yeah. I who's trading for Jimmy Garoppolo and Deshaun Watson might be on the block. I love Drew Brees with my whole heart. And I got so infuriated when people said, Oh, he can't throw the deep ball. I'm like, Oh yeah, forty one years old. Yeah, maybe the deep ball's a little bit of a struggle. Still threw it better than Jimmy and in the prime and even like majority of his career, he was yeah. obviously able to throw the deep ball. Jimmy literally cannot throw the deep ball. Um, I, I mean, I can... cannot think of a good Jimmy Garoppolo deep pass in his entire time with the 49ers. Yeah. Um, we can get into a little bit more of like my notes and, and stats from the game breakdown. Just briefly. We pretty much already did the game breakdown yeah. just in a different way. But my first note is that Jimmy outside the pocket is terrifying. I yeah, hate it. He's also interested. <laughs> Can we not make him roll out? Like he can't throw on the run. He can't escape any defender. Like I want him to be just the most pocket passer there is. And if I'm saying, Oh, he can only pass in the pocket. He probably shouldn't be our starting quarterback. If if it's going to take us that long to come to the conclusion. And I like Jimmy. I think he seems like a nice guy. I got a lot of respect for the guy, but it's just, it's time to move. We brought in Trey Lance because we wanted to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. It's, it's time to do that. Yeah. Can I just say how much I love that 
Debo Samuel was talking to Jerry Rice pregame. Like what a what a great what a great connection. What a great that's the best person to go talk to pregame. One of the the best receiver of all time, a former Niner. He's earned it too. Like Debo has been really good this year. Absolutely. I mean, lights out. Having him on my dynasty fantasy team, the league that you and I are in, has I am four and three, and it is thanks to Debo Samuel. Yeah, I um, traded him away in another league, but I just think, yeah, Debo is playing really, really well. Out of his and, mind. And having Kittle back, I think, will be big for the offense because he's another player who can just, like, it doesn't matter if you give him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, he can still make something happen. And since that seems to be all we're capable of, I think it'll, I actually, if we continue using George Kittle the way we did before his injury, I don't think he's going to make a single difference. And again, I don't think that is on him. Um, he, I don't think he's had a game with more than four receptions this year. And I don't think like, oh, he had a ton of drops. I'd have to go back and look at the stats so for sure. But every single week I'm going, why are we not putting the ball in George Kittle's hands more? Why are we not giving him the ball? We're, you know, he's getting 10 or more yards on his plays. And, you know, I think people look at stats and go, oh, he didn't go on a big, a big play. Oh, he didn't get a touchdown. Well, as I wonder- you said, Jimmy can't throw the ball deep. So he's only going to get his big yardage after yards after catch or three yards after catch. And that takes more than four receptions to, to do that, to build that. So I wonder if we're going to eventually like, like Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance is very, very raw. Like, I wonder if in like a year or two, like hopefully it's Trey is like super polished has like really come into his own. I wonder if we're just going to look back on the season and be like, Oh my gosh, Kyle Shanahan was so limited by the quarterback play that year. Like, I wonder if that is what it's going to come down to is we're going to look at me like, Oh, when he has a good quarterback, he's incredible. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's it. I think, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's clear that I just think I just, I don't see us contending for a Super Bowl this year. So I just see no reason why not to give, Trey Lance reps is what I keep. I don't, there's no way we are being in a league with being in a division with the Rams and the Cardinals and even the Seahawks, even though I think the Seahawks are right with us, but technically they have one more loss because we had our bye. Yep. 49ers actually not in last place in the NFC West. So, but either way, I mean, we're going to, we're, we, we will, we will be fighting for, that was tough. We will be fighting for the second wild card, like at best, like yeah. Cardinals are going to well, win the since, division. Since we're not doing well, we're, up. We'll probably have a good draft, first round draft pick next year. Oh wait, we traded it away. Yeah, so second round. Um, I'm looking over my notes for some of the game breakdown. I I I gotta be honest, I've barely got anything for any of our guys just because I feel like so many. Other than we already talked about Elijah Mitchell, we already talked about Debo, Brandon Ayuk was invisible yet again. Uh, Juice was not used enough in the offense. We go to the defense, and I feel like none of the guys on defense really, really did tons other than some of the pressures that we had. I think Bosa had some good pressures. Some of the other guys had some good pressures. Um, you know, Aziz, I feel like Aziz Alshair shouldn't even get credit for his fumble recovery, what was an interception that was deemed a fumble recovery. And if you didn't see or know, it was deemed a fumble time. recovery because – Carson Wentz is, is throwing it, but Contavious Street touched it with like a finger or two. And Whoever's so in charge of those decisions must be a Colts fan. That's the only explanation. Sure. I mean, like who cares enough to look into that that deeply? But technically that is deemed a fumble if it's touched out of his hand. The only two things I have of note is I think Aziz Alshair has been incredible for the role that we've asked him to play. In Drake Greenlaw's absence, who I think should be back in the next couple of weeks, depending on yeah, how his should be recovery soon. was. I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, Aziz is not perfect. He definitely has made his, his fair share of mistakes, but asking him to be an every down linebacker, essentially, I think he's been amazing making some of the stops and big plays that he has. He had a huge stop on uh, Jonathan Taylor early in the first. Um, and then the next play, the half ended. So he was able to end it in a very positive way. You know, he got the shovel pass, technically the fumble, what we call it. Um, I think he's just doing a lot of things right. The other big person, the other a lot of notes I have is Josh Norman. So I started yeah. the game. I started the game just hating Josh Norman after his pass interference call. Um, 
I think it was just a horrible call that he had against Michael Pittman. Not a horrible call. Like, he absolutely should have been called for pass interference. I just think yeah. it was unnecessary. I didn't like the coverage. Um, I think it was just a classic cornerback uh, getting beat. So I'm going to pass interference. I'm going to try to interfere here. Pittman still caught it. Pittman still caught it. And they yeah. came in, you know, at that point, the pass interference doesn't count. Uh, I felt like the flag was thrown like five seconds before he caught it. So it barely mattered. Um, Norman just gets a pass interference call every single game. And so I was really down on him the whole game. And while I don't think he's perfect, I still think he contributed in a big way. He led the team with 10 combined tackles tied with Fred Warner for seven solo tackles. Um, yeah. He had three tackles for a loss. So we rushed him. He had a really good pass deflection two forced fumbles. He was really good on, uh, at punching that ball out. He had a phenomenal pass breakup, as I said, um, but it was with a diving play with almost was a pick, uh, huge stop on a short ball in, in the second quarter. And I think to summarize, I think that Josh Norman is either horrendous for a play or is, is really working hard um, and making big things happen. So in potentially one of the worst secondaries in the league, I think he is the bright spot somehow, and he's making things happen. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm either going to give you a D or an F, like one out of five or six times on a, on a play, but I'm going to yeah. give you like a B plus on all the other times. So, you know, I can't have everything be perfect, but when it's not perfect, it's pretty bad. But I know I've, I've been dogging on him pretty much since we signed him i thought i still think he's washed comparatively where he was we get that we weren't expecting the old josh norman but i do think that he kind of is potentially the glue for the secondary yeah. right now until I... they give until they give talanoa hufunga more playing time and he played in 50 percent of the game yesterday so that's the best part of the game for me if i'm being yeah. honest good for hufunga i think with josh norman i think kind of kind of what i respect about Josh Norman is there's something impressive about like someone who is clearly like not the athlete he maybe was in his prime, but like being aware of that and like adapting how you play in order to make up for it. Like, yes, we get mad about the PI calls, but I kind of respect that he is like, I can't stop this guy unless I cheat. So I'm just going to cheat. Like, I kind of respect that he he has a realistic assessment of his own abilities at this stage in his career, and I think I think that's really impressive. Moving yeah. forward, looking ahead, we're going into week eight, right? Week eight. Week eight. Yeah, we're going into week eight. We're playing the Bears at home. Uh, I think it's in Chicago. It might be Chicago. I'd have to look. Whatever. Either way. Doesn't matter. I don't feel good about it until they give me a reason to feel good about it. Here are it is in Chicago. It is in Chicago. So maybe it'll be crappy weather once again. We'll see. Here are my three keys to success. I want to say if that is possible, but I gotta stop being so down. I believe it. We can turn it around. I'm not gonna say we can turn it around in what way, but we can definitely turn it around and beat Chicago. It would yeah. have really been fun to see Trey Lance start against who is now the Chicago Bears starter, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Would have been really fun. We'll have that eventually. Okay. Um, the Bears just got spanked, by the way, by the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was like 35-3 to three or something like that. So, yeah, I they're wonder, coming off a rough loss. I think David Montgomery will still be out. I know Herbert has done well in his absence. I think Damon yeah. Williams did okay this last week, but I think Herbert was still the, the focal point of the run yeah. game. Yeah, that's the running backs there in Chicago. Chicago is wasting Allen Robinson's career. So, Allen Robinson has not has not been good this year, to be honest. He's actually had really yeah. bad separation numbers, like contested catch really? numbers. Yeah, but I think when I it just, comes, oh sorry, I love him, but I was the, just gonna say I haven't looked into him a whole lot, but I know that he has done nothing fantasy wise. The Bears' offense runs through Justin Fields, uh, rookie quarterback. He's been he's been good if. He's probably been one of the best rookie quarterbacks consistently this season. The thing with Fields, and this was this was the thing coming in. I mean, this guy likes to go through his reads, and he takes his time in the pocket. So if our D-line can get some pressure, and if our secondary can just 
confuse him enough that he can't make his reads quickly, I think we could light him up for a decent amount of sacks. And so I'm, yeah. I'm optimistic that maybe this is kind of a bounce back game for the D line. Cause, cause that is like right now, the big, the big flaw in fields, game is just, it, it takes him a while to go through his progressions. So sure. we should be able to light him up a bit. And man, if we don't, I'll be very upset. This will be a, a worse podcast than it was tonight in terms of me, not worst podcast, but my frustration will be worse. So um, my the first Bears defense is good. Oh, sorry. I know we're no, going he's a success. Bears defense has been good. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried about going up against that unit. Hopefully our offense can come away from this game and get a few things right and maybe make the right decisions. But yeah, the Bears have a solid defense and we're not, it's not a cakewalk to move the ball against them for sure. What do you mean? They just have Khalil Mack, Akeem yeah. Hicks, and Eddie Jackson. I oh, guess don't don't look at how the Buccaneers did and think the Bears' defense is bad. That's kind of just the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's just Tom Brady throwing for a 600 touchdown and Mike Evans yeah. giving the ball away. But, okay, first key to success is same thing as it was last week because we sure didn't do it yes, uh, yesterday. First down conversions, as I said, 35% this year as compared to 45% in 2019. We cannot convert on first downs. It is a bummer. <laughs> we just, we need to see it. Number two, different play call or stick with original play call. We already harped on that. We've explained stick with that. what so, works. Yeah, stick with what works. We've explained that. So my my 2B, my point to that is, as I already said, Debo is the only receiver to catch more than three balls, and he had seven receptions. Elijah Mitchell had 18 carries. Next was Hasty with three uh, attempt rushing attempts, who also was next with three receptions if we're going to win a game it is not going to be putting the ball in just two guys hands so we need to spread the ball around yeah it is it is absolutely necessary and the last one is we need to get turnovers but we need to use them we need to capitalize we did not yesterday and let me just give you a really quick breakdown and we we can move on the first half the first fumble we were we took over and we got a field goal Second fumble, more like the Aziz Alshair interception that was technically a fumble. We then had to punt. Now, for the rest of the first half, the Colts had three punts, and we punted back twice, or the third one was Debo Samuel's fumble. The second half, Colts punted, Jimmy fumbled. Colts punted, we did get a Jimmy to Debo touchdown in the fourth quarter to keep the game somewhat relevant honestly it was just to keep fans from leaving in the rain i think after the colts field goal jimmy garoppolo pick and late in the game to end the offense for the 49ers another jimmy pick yeah we did not utilize turnovers um we only got one touchdown off of one of their punts on the next drive and man they had four fumbles i guess we didn't recover all of them but i feel like if there's going to be a game to utilize turnovers, it was that one. And we certainly did not. So I feel like that's a lot of keys to success. And uh, can we, I would love to sit here next week and be able to say, Oh yeah, they totally did at least one of them. I just didn't see any of that this last Sunday. So I would love to see, just pick one of these things and turn it around one at a time. That's fine with me. Yeah. I'd like to see, yeah, I'm, I'm focused on the play calling. I want to see if Kyle Shanahan can look and say, I called a bad game. Like that's on me and I'm going to, I'm going to fix it this week. I think that's really what I'm looking to see the most this week. Yeah. Why don't end us and our podcast tonight with a couple of things you think we need to focus on heading into next week. And that's number one right there. Number one play play calling number two. Gosh, I, I'm with you. I want to spread the ball around. I want to see the ball in somebody's hands besides Debo's. And I'm hoping maybe Jermichael Hasty needs a little bit more time to get back into the swing of things after coming back. So maybe he can get some more work in the receiving game and in the ground game. But I want to see the ball spread around. I know that's one of yours, but I, I want that. That's great. But what's funny is, though, like we both said that, and we both said the number one thing is the play call. But yeah. spreading the ball around is part of the play call. So I it's think part- that just shows how crucial – this play call is and how badly it needs to change. Yeah. I think, I think defensively, I want to see the D line getting pressure as well. 
I want somebody besides Bosa getting into the backfield, whether that's Kinlaw, whether that's Armstead, whether one of the many guys we brought in, whether it's D Ford, whether it's Samson Ebucom, whatever, whether it's, um, he's certainly getting better and better. Yeah, he's been good. He's been good. And I want to see these guys step up and let's see, let's see if we can't become a bit of, um, a bit of the line we were supposed to be against a quarterback who is one, probably one of the easier quarterbacks to sack in the NFL right now. Cause he's just new to the NFL. So like, if we're going to, and that O-line is trash, that O-line is not good. Like if we're going to, if the D-line is going to feast, it will be against a guy like field. So I think, I think that'll happen. I'm excited to see that. We also said that against the Packers with their offensive line. So injured and, but, but that was Aaron. We saw none of that. Yeah. But like, I mean, Justin Fields has to be more mobile and more evasive than Aaron Rodgers. Certainly, yeah, but he's not, Fields that's not his play style. Sure, not and, right and certainly Fields also doesn't have the experience and the brains like Aaron Rodgers does. Just even in the experience, like he knows where the defensive line is just from playing so many years in the NFL, and Fields is getting used to it. So I will give him that one. Fields just, I mean, he he liked it in college too. He likes to sit in the pocket, and so hopefully that's something we can take advantage of. I'm excited for this game. I'm, I guess I always say that I'm excited for this game. I just found myself thinking like, am I actually excited for this game? Yeah. I'm excited for it. It's football. Um, I think, can I be honest and say I'm not? Yeah, I know. I think we can win. If, if I were to bet on it, I would bet on the 49ers to win. I think it's 60% chance we walk away with the W here. We should win. And like at the end of the day, our team is better. Like we have more talent. Absolutely. And yeah. at some point, the guys on our team are going to be like, we're not losing. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, we're not losing again. So somebody is going to say that. That seems yeah. to me like something George Kittle might say in two weeks when he's back. But somebody is going to come I'm in. I'm sure and he's saying it now. I'm sure yeah. he's saying it now. You're right. You're right. But somebody but is going to make the there. play. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on the play calling. Um, just, one last thought. Oh, yeah. Before we end it, one last thought I want to say is, just so quickly, you know, if, if I'm Kyle, what, or if, more like if I'm Demeco Ryans, actually, because this yeah. is more with the defense than anything else. It really is the defense. In the secondary, in the D-line, I mean, I think keep the linebackers the same. Warren and I'll share our kicking butt. And, you know, Marcel Harris has been okay, but I, I don't think he takes over for one of them at all. If I'm if I'm Demeco Ryans, because my D-line, because, because my D-line is struggling to – to contribute and because my secondary sucks yeah. I I'd let the young guys play I'd let put B team in go 50 50 give guys chance to step up so maybe they get more playing time and maybe it'll light a fire under the starters butts um keep Bosa in there I'd say give Ford actually more playing time they're just really really slowly using them let him play let him loose um you know I am worried about his injury but if it's that bad Maybe you shouldn't be playing football if you can't play more than 50% of the game because um, he's he's barely playing 25 right now. Yeah. Um, give Samson Ebukam. I always say it wrong. Ebukam. I don't remember. Ebukam. Ebukam. Well, I'm sorry, Samson. I, I apologize. You're killing it. Um, not that you're listening to this. Uh, he might give be. him some time. He, he could be. I'm sure. He give is. him some more time. Give if Hurst is healthy. If Hurst is healthy, let him play. Street, let him play. But more specifically, let my boy Talanoa Hufunga play more. We've been okay. I think Tart's been okay. I feel like Tart got injured. Maybe that was Mosley or both. Let let Hufunga play. If Lenore is healthy, get him back yeah, let's out get there. Some, for like let's get 90%. some Almador out there. I mean, hey, he let's put Avery Thomas out there. Let's see what we got. We used a third round pick on the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Lenore's healthy, I think he does get back out there probably with Norman. Kawan Williams has been quiet. I don't think he's made that many mistakes, but he's been quiet. Well, um, he'd been injured for a while. I think last night yeah. wasn't the last game his first one back for a while. Not first one, well, I believe. I think he came back and then was injured again. Yeah. And his right, last right. night was his first one back after that. Um, I want to see who Fungo play because I love him and I'm obsessed with him and think he's going to be great. But I also think it's time to do something with the safeties, whether it's Tart. I think also I've been upset with Ward. Just anyone in the secondary I've been pretty bummed with, at least at some part of the game. So let him play. Okay. Yeah. That's what I got. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Um, there's still a lot to follow about this 49er season. Lots of young player development. And at the end of the day, we are not out of the playoff race. Things can turn around, even though Daniel and I do not see that happening right now. 
But as always, thank you for tuning in to 49ers Unrestricted. We uh, we love having you here, and we thank you for taking the time to listen to us walk through our thoughts on our on our favorite football team. Daniel, anything else to say as we head out? Have a wonderful week. I hope you all cheer up in the morning, and I hope Timmy and I do as well. Yeah, don't let the Niners get you down too much. Thanks for listening. Have a